Welcome to the Mom Powerment Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids, even when they are experiencing their most challenging behaviors. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Mom Powerment Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Do you feel at a loss when your child shuts down? And no matter what you try, it seems like nothing works. Well, I've learned a couple of steps over the years that have helped me connect to kids, even in their most challenging moments. And I'm hosting a free webinar called Happy Kids, because I believe that once you learn these simple steps, you will experience a deeper understanding of your child and help them even in their most difficult moments. To register, text your name and email address to 302-312-6025 or click the link in the description notes below. When prompted, text back the words, Happy Kids, and we'll register you for this one-hour free webinar Thursday, May 13th at 7 p.m. For now, I want you to imagine with me just for a second. Your child comes home from school one day and says they want to show you something they learned that day, and they close their eyes and take two deep breaths. What would you say? Would you know what to say? Well, two years ago, we hired a mindfulness coach who taught lessons to our students 15 minutes a week for eight weeks, but I never really felt like the parents knew exactly what we were teaching their child. And what I love about our guest today is that she also taught elementary kids mindfulness lessons and yoga. And better yet, she wrote a picture book for kids. And I think it will really help parents and educators understand a little bit more about mindfulness. And it teaches you a few simple practices that you can even try with your kids today. Our guest today is Hiba Stankowski, a yoga and mindfulness instructor right here in Delaware in Lewis Beach. And she just published her first book for kids called I Feel Better Now. The setting of the book is Lewis, Delaware, and locals will enjoy the attractions she features in the book from this quaint beach town. The book introduces children to tools of yoga and mindfulness to help them cope easier when they experience difficult emotions. I personally feel like every parent in the world needs this book right now to help their child with anxiety, stress, fear of the unknown, and uncertainty on a normal day, and especially throughout this pandemic. Listen and see why this is my number one recommended picture book this year for kids and families. Well, I am so excited to have on our podcast episode today, a local author in Delaware. This lady is so cool. So Hiba Stankowski is a local yoga and mindfulness teacher in Delaware, Lewis, Delaware, downstate. After teaching mindfulness, to elementary students, she had the idea to incorporate the practices into a picture book. And this year, actually last month in March, she self-published her first book and it's called I Feel Better Now. And it was just released last month. And we are so excited to have her on our episode because after she shared this book with me, I was like, we have to show this book to almost everybody I know. So thank you, Hibba, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, it's a privilege to be here with you and to share all the exciting things that I have to share. 
Oh, it's been so fun meeting you. And I know we got to jump on a call earlier and and touch base as I got to learn more about you. And tell us briefly, your history is so fascinating. Where were you born? And can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yes, of course. So um, I'm a Lebanese American. I was born in Lebanon. Um, I was there throughout my childhood and there was a war going on there. So I was there for 17 years of war. And then when I was 20, I decided it was time for me to leave to start from scratch was just too much. And so I got on a plane and came to the States and um, I finished my master's here and I worked in um, biology labs. I was a research biologist for years uh, in Baltimore and DC. And then we started, you know, our family. So I was home with the kids and um, volunteering in all the schools and, you know, being the mom who's like everywhere. Um, And then I got into yoga um, which was the best thing in my life, honestly, over 10 years, 12 years ago. And that changed my life. So I started from, you know, just attending classes to being so interested, ended up getting my, you know, certificate to teach. And from there, it just trickled. And then I got more, you know, more degrees and, you know, got the mindfulness certificate as well. So to make the long story short, I'm, I now literally, breathe yoga, you know, teach yoga, you know, it's all about being good and, you know, finding the well-being that we need to get to, to be happy. So it works for me for personally with everything I had gone through, it has worked magic. So I hope you said, you said that it, it actually brought a healing to you. Absolutely. Which I just loved hearing that. And yes, that was just beautiful. Thank you. I, you know, in yoga, we say we're peeling the onion layers. So it's like, you know, one layer at a time, literally the healing happens. And um, the yoga practice that I have has done just that. Um, and when we talk about yoga, usually we don't talk about mindfulness, but you can't talk about one without the other. So when I ended up doing my mindfulness um, training, um, and then I joined the and a phenomenal group of women here in uh, Lewis are all teachers of mindfulness. Um, it brought this extra element that I needed to just find this grounding that we all need. Um, and that whole other aspect of yoga that, you know, very often in our culture is sort of under the radar, which is the, the well-being, the spiritual side of it. So it all came together for me. So, yeah. And then you were saying that, you started teaching, was it only in elementary schools, mindfulness or yoga Um, or was it elementary? No, I I was teaching yoga at um, different places at the yoga studio, at the cancer support community. And with, I teach a lot of the athletics uh, teams at Cape Henlopen high school, because I really, I really want the kids to start from a young age to learn these tools that can help them, you know, find more ease in their lives through all the struggles um, as far as mindfulness, as part of MOMI, the Minds Over Matter initiative group that I'm part of, um, I taught at the Jefferson School when it used to be the Jefferson School. So it was basically, I had the sixth, seventh, eighth grader, and then um, another one of my colleagues was teaching the younger kids. Yeah. And then it, it was from teaching a kindergarten class that you came home and you were like, what, yes. what do I teach them? And then how did that turn into the picture book? Exactly. So I, I was asked a couple, three years ago to go teach um, the whole elementary school, a whole day of yoga for everybody, kindergartners all the way up to fifth grade, which, you know, four fifth graders are easy, you know, relatively, but kindergartners, you know, with the attention span, it was very challenging for me. So what I did, I actually created a story that we acted out 
in yoga postures. And um, it was just phenomenal. It was like magical just watching these kids who were so into the story, into all the yoga postures for over 30 minutes. It was, I think if I remember correctly, 45 minutes. So when I came home that night and I was telling my husband, because I was stressing about, you know, teaching the little kids. Um, and I told him what I did. And he was like, oh my God, this is phenomenal. You should just make it into a story. And I was like, this is a great idea. And, uh, you know, fast forward to, you know, this past year, of course, it sat on my desk for literally three years until the pandemic started. And one day, you know, we're home, we're doing nothing. I'm cleaning my desk and I come across the story. And I was like, hmm, maybe now is the time. Except at that point, um, we were all struggling with the pandemic and the isolation. And, you know, I mean, everybody in my house and personally, we were having, my husband was having health issues. So we were all struggling in my house, uh, one way or the other, on top of the pandemic um, issues. Um, so I would find myself every day literally going out for a walk for half an hour with my dog or alone and doing all the mindfulness techniques, the basic exercises that you know I used to teach to kids myself. And I would come back. I mean, my problems would still be here waiting for me, but I had so much more clarity in my head and I was sort of like ready to take on whatever was waiting for me. Um, so from that perspective, when I saw the whole, you know, book ready, you know, the story on my desk, I looked at my husband and I said, I think it's time we do this, except now I'm going to relate it to what we're going through, which is the pain and the suffering because of the pandemic and, you know, everything we were going through as a family. Um, and I changed the story um, to this, you know, to the story that it is now with the pandemic as the central theme. So that's, yeah. So yeah, the idea has been here for three years, but it finally took shape, you know, after we have been living the experience ourselves. So it's amazing how many people I've talked to who started something when this pandemic hit. Like it was the worst thing it seemed to be to all of us. And obviously we'd never been here before and it all had us stuck at home for endless months. But the stories that I hear of what came out of it are like, who knows when the story would have been written, right? Absolutely. I don't think it ever would have been, honestly. Oh my God. I don't believe that, but it's okay. <laughs> I really like to believe that, you know, out of all the ugliness and all the hardships that we have to endure the there's always something good that comes out of it. There's always something good out there. Sometimes you just have to pay more attention uh, to it, to see it and it. So, which is all about mindfulness, as you would know, you know? So, so um, I mean, I, I think this is where, you know, the whole idea came about. And then uh, from there on, I contacted a young illustrator, a local. Yeah. Tell us how you found your illustrator. Yeah. So my illustrator, Timmy Bada, is just a phenomenal, young, talented artist. Um, he went to school in South Carolina for gra graphic design. So basically, that's what he went to school for. And when I called him, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, but I knew he was very skilled because he has a lot of local art in our community and like daycares. I mean, he has a lot of murals. He's very talented. Um, but he took the project to a whole different level. Every idea I had, every idea he had, it was, it was just amazing. We were meeting once a week throughout the pandemic. Um, we started meeting last April and literally we met once a week for the whole year until the project got done. And we would just throw ideas at each other. He would, you know, tell me, how do I see this? And I would tell him and he would tell me how we would see it. He'd be like, okay, when I go home, I'll work on it this coming week after my day job. And then 
it again next weekend. And we did that. And I think, I, I mean, the book would be nothing without him. He's just phenomenal. I can't praise him enough. <laughs> I love that story. And didn't you, you, you learned about him from the lady in a group that you're part of, right? You're yes. So I, I'm, I bike with seven other women, local women. And one day we were biking and then, you know, usually we bike and then we go have lunch or breakfast somewhere. And one of the bikers who was sitting next to me is his mom. And I was just throwing at her. That was three years ago. So I was telling her at the time how, oh, you know, I taught the little kids. It was two days after I taught the kindergartners and I was so excited. And I was telling her my idea. And she's like, you know, my son, Timmy, is an illustrator. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I took the number from her. But, you know, then, it, you know, it was Sat there the for three years. <laughs> yes. So after three years, and when I texted him, I said, Timmy, hey, I got your number three years ago from your mom. I hope you remember my name. Can we meet? You know, I have a project in mind. And then it just took off. It was just amazing. So I yes. love that. I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. you. Never, ever. I mean, you look at a book and there's a whole story to the author and the illustrator. You don't always hear that. And that's why I think that's really special in just in interviewing you and, and taking the time uh, today. So, all right, let's get to the exciting part. Cause I am so excited for you to show us your book. And you said that you would read it for us, which is so cool because if you don't want to buy it on Amazon yet, this is like an amazing opportunity to hear the story read by the author. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So I feel better now. This is the book. All right. So this is the copy that actually is for my daughter. <laughs> um, I have to say my kids have been such huge help in the book as well. It wouldn't be without them. Um, all right. So I feel better now. Tommy had been sad lately. Learning had switched to online classes and all activities had been canceled. He was home all day with his older sister, Aaliyah. He missed his routine, his school and his friends. He missed his grandma too. She was sick and they were very close, but he wasn't allowed to go visit her. Tommy didn't want to do anything. He just sat around all day staring at the wall. He felt tired, even though he hadn't been doing much. He didn't like Zoom at all. Last week, he'd fallen asleep during Zoom story time. He couldn't even hug Mrs. H, his favorite teacher on Zoom. He couldn't stop daydreaming about his favorite parts of school. Things had been so rough on Tommy that he couldn't fall asleep most nights. He couldn't stop thinking and worrying, tossing and turning for hours in bed, wondering when everything would go back to normal. One morning, as Aaliyah was walking down the hallway, she glanced into Tommy's bedroom and saw her brother. He looked sad, so small, almost invisible. What's wrong, Tommy? Aaliyah asked. Nothing, Tommy replied. I'm just tired. Tired, sad, angry, not sure which. I don't understand. Life is unfair. I miss my friends, sports, school. I even miss story time, Aaliyah. I know nothing is fair or right about this. Let's go out for a walk. Fresh air will do us both some good. Nothing like the sun to cheer us up. We'll walk into town, take a walk on the beach, said Aaliyah. I could use some cheering up too. I miss my friends and activities just like you do. And it's my senior year, you know, she exclaimed. Maybe we can practice some of the techniques that mindfulness teacher taught us at school to make us feel better. Do you remember that day? It was kind of different, but she said it would help when we feel stressed, sad, angry, lonely, or frustrated. 
It helps us deal with a lot of negative emotions when they get to be too much. Yeah, replied Tommy reluctantly. I remember Miss Joy and what she showed us. I've never practiced it, though. That stuff's stupid. Besides, I would look ridiculous, he added. It's just you and me here, Tommy. Let's just pretend it's a game. I've actually been using some of Miss Joy's activities before a game or a test, and it does help. I can't just show you, though. You have to play along. Tommy still looked unsure. Trust me, okay? Maybe we can get ice cream on the way back. Tommy beamed and nodded. Cool, said Aaliyah. I'll go grab our masks. You go get your beach towels. Let's go. Aaliyah and Tommy set off into town and headed towards the church labyrinth. Now as we're walking, notice how you're breathing, Aaliyah began. Not that it should be any specific way, but just pay attention. Is your breathing shallow or deep? Fast or slow? Smooth or choppy? Relaxed or tense? There's no right or wrong here. Just notice. Our breath can say a lot about how we feel. After a moment, Aaliyah added, breathe normally, walk normally. How many footsteps do you take while you breathe in? How many while you breathe out? Are they equal? As they started walking the path together, Aaliyah suggested, let your breath pace you. A rhythmic walk, Tommy, with your breath leading. Keep walking, follow your breath, and as you keep counting the steps, notice if either count changes. Let's add to this now, Aliyah said, as they walked further into town. I'm going to walk a certain way, and you're going to mimic me and try to guess what I am. Ready? Who am I? She asked. A robot, he replied, mimicking her stiff movements. Who am I? She asked again. A robber, he exclaimed. Who am I? The Hulk, he shouted, following with a grunt. Who am I? Aliyah asked finally. A dancer, he replied, as he did a clumsy pirouette, almost losing his balance. Let me try one, said Tommy. Who am I? A soldier, sir. Yes, sir, Aaliyah giggled. Okay, let's keep going. And this time, focus on your sense of smell. Give me three different smells you can sense as we are walking, Aaliyah said, as they walked across the drawbridge. Low tide. It's low tide. I can smell it, sis. Also, I can smell fuel from the boat engines. And, ew, did you fart, Aaliyah? Gross. Tommy's nose crunched up. Yeah, no one's around but me and you. I can fart and burp all I want, Aaliyah answered with a smirk. All right, smart guy. How about three different sounds you can hear now, Aaliyah asked. I hear a boat engine sputtering, an ambulance siren further away, and seagulls calling. Tommy answered after a brief pause. Aaliyah and Tommy finally got to the beach. Let's do some yoga postures now, Aaliyah suggested. Follow my cues and don't overthink it. There's no right or wrong way to do it. We do these often to stretch before and after field hockey games. You move with your breath like a breath dance. Tommy nodded. Stand tall and proud, shoulders down and gaze forward. Ground your feet in the sand. Steady, strong, and majestic, like a mountain. Now breathe in softly. Lift your arms up. Reach your hands up to the sky and look up. Don't you feel like you can touch the sky? Now breathe out fully and fold forward, touching the sand with your fingers, if you can reach. 
Let's do that four more times, moving with our breath. Maybe give me a smile as you reach up to the sky. Doesn't the sun make you smile? Hello, sun, Tommy said playfully as he reached his hands up one more time. Now fold forward and pretend you're a rag doll. Put your hands on opposite elbows and let the weight of your head hang heavy. Let's stay here for 10 breaths, just hanging here. Shake your head if you like this, or no, if I'm torturing you, giggled Aaliyah. Let's try to be moons now. Take a full breath in, lift your arms up, palms together, and then lean to the left as you breathe out. Inhale back to center and lean to the right as you exhale again. Let's do that two more times in each direction. Remember, we're still moving with our breath. Our breath sets the rhythm of the movement. Can you lean deeper with each exhale? You look like a crescent moon. Now pretend you're sitting in an invisible chair. Ground your feet down in the sand. Bend your knees. Keep your legs strong. Lift your arms and now press the palms of your hands together. Your gaze can follow your hands or you can gaze forward. Whatever feels right with your neck. Take five breaths here. How does that feel in your legs, your whole body? Let's play here. How low can you stay in your chair before falling on your butt? My muscles are fired up, that's for sure. This isn't as easy as it sounds, grunted Tommy. Okay, now lower into a squat and bring your hands together in front of your heart as if you're praying. Press your elbows into the inside of your knees. See how that helps you lift your chest. Now look forward. Why don't we see how long we can stay here? You know, before toilets existed, guess what? People had to squat just like this to poop. Can you imagine Aliyah left? Seriously, no toilet, no option to sit ever? Questioned Tommy in disbelief. Now take a deep breath in, open your mouth, stick your tongue out and exhale loudly, forcefully like a lion. Tommy stuck his tongue out. Not like a shy cat, Tommy. Give me a strong, loud sigh. Get all your frustrations out and make it forceful like a lion's roar. Now let's do that two more times while we're in this squat. Ah, Elia demonstrated. All right, Tommy. Now stand back up, said Elia. Let's pretend we're trees. This is one of my favorite poses. On some days we're steady and strong and on others we're wobbly and shaky. Place your right foot over the left knee and press the palms of your hands together in front of your heart or take your arms out like branches swaying in the wind. Tommy stumbled a little bit. It's okay to fall and try again, assured Aaliyah. Play, explore, we call it practice for a reason. Focus on the horizon, breathe in and breathe out. Three more breaths here. Okay, now try your tree with the other leg, Tommy. Notice if you're more balanced on this side. One side is usually more wobbly. Which one is it for you? Okay, now stand tall and steady like a mountain. Hands together in front of your heart and close your eyes. Think of one thing that you're thankful for today, directed Aaliyah. I know everything has been off or out of control lately, but for now, just think of one thing that you're grateful for, Tommy. It can be anything from mom tucking you in to the sunshine, to grandma's homemade cake, to playing soccer with Stan. Whatever makes you happy, little brother. Even if things seem worrisome, there's always beauty in our lives. We just have to look harder on bad days. Look in your heart. What is one thing that makes you happy? 
Are you able to visualize that one thing with your eyes closed? Tommy thought hard about what he was grateful for. Now notice how thinking of that one thing makes you feel, Tommy, Ilya added. Okay, since we're on the beach and you love fishing, let's sit and try to be boats, Ilya suggested. Lean back a little, lift your legs, tighten your belly muscles, and keep your arms strong. Breathe in and out, gaze forward, and imagine you're a boat on the water, not rowing in a specific direction, but flowing wherever the current takes you. Visualize yourself going with the flow rather than resisting it. Four more breaths here. Let's lay down for a few moments here. Your arms and legs are long, your palms facing the sky. Close your eyes and notice the sounds of the waves crashing on the shore. Pretend that we're wax sculptures melting away into the earth with the sun shining bright on us. Breathe in deep, open your mouth and sigh it out loud. Ah. Now breathe in for one, two, Free and breathe out for one, two, three, four. Again. And then repeat quietly to yourself in your head. I feel better. I feel better and better. Here, now, I can rest. Again. I feel better. I feel better and better. Here, now, I can rest. Wake up, Tommy. You fell asleep, Aliyah whispered after a while. I feel better, Aliyah. Thank you. Can we lay here a little longer? He turned towards her. We sure can. I'm glad you feel better. You know, things don't usually happen the way we expect them to in life. Things change constantly, and life often gets messy. It's okay not being okay all the time. When that happens, whether we're angry, sad, anxious, lonely, or just having a bad day, these practices do help. They don't make our issues go away, but they help us deal with them a little more easily. Who knows what tomorrow, next week, or next month will bring? No one knows. Maybe we can simply try to focus our energy and attention on ways to feel better today. We will deal with tomorrow when it comes. I hope our little walk helped with that. Of course, the more you practice, the easier it gets to feel better. Just like hockey or soccer, it takes practice. Tommy nodded. And remember what mom always says, Elia added. We are here for each other. No judgment, only love. You could reach out to Mrs. H. Talking things out helps. Find your helper and then find the courage to ask for help. The truth is no one feels good all the time, not even on a good day. Most people just hide their feelings. I'm proud of you for telling me how you felt, Tommy. Our emotions change constantly. We are never always feeling sad or always feeling happy, right? So we have to be gentle with ourselves when our emotions get too intense. Tommy smiled, feeling serene, and said, you are my helper. After a moment, Elia looked at him excitedly. Hey, how about we go get that ice cream now? Tommy grinned. Yes, please. As they walked out of the shop, cones in hand, Tommy looked at Elia with a smile. This is one more thing I'm grateful for, ice cream. Me too, Tommy. Let's take our time to enjoy it, she said with a chuckle. 
The end. That is my new favorite book. Oh, you're so kind. No, Thanks. I'm serious. That was so awesome. I loved how it had pieces of it that I teach the kids in our mindfulness lessons, like just notice there's no right or wrong answer. Like, I just love that. And you put the pieces in there of the lessons that we've taught them. And I, I just, I absolutely love it. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank, thank you, you for so writing it. Thank you for looking at it and going, hmm, I think I'm going to pick this up. <laughs> Because a lot of times there's parents who, you know, they don't always know how or what or what's the right thing to say. Or, you know, even at school, you know, we taught these kids these mindfulness lessons, but half the time the parents didn't really know exactly what we were doing, which is why we're trying to create videos to kind of give them a glimpse into it. And I think your picture book just makes it so easy and plain and something they can read with them and actually teach both of them. Exactly. Exactly. I think the the kids and the readers, whether you know it's an adult or the the kids themselves, everybody's going to benefit from that. And I think mm-hmm. the fact that you can act it out as you're like, I know I didn't want to stand up now to do it, but you can easily act out the story as you're reading it. Yes. Um, you don't really need to be on the beach. Um, but I'm I'm really hoping. I mean, these are practices that I practice myself daily. Uh, we don't need to sit down to do all that. It's just part of incorporating it in our lives. If we make the time, if we remember to make the time, but it's like you said, paying attention. We all need to pay attention to the present moment. It does help. So practice. And and I love how it teaches kids that, you know, it's okay that you don't feel happy a hundred percent of the time. Um, I know growing up as a child in the environment that I grew up in, um, you know, you were taught to like control your, your emotions and your feelings and you know you, you act a certain way or whatever. And, and I think it's so beautiful that we can teach our kids that. Um, and that's what we teach in these lessons. Like, did, did you feel angry? Just notice like, exactly. and exactly. no, no judgment. That's yeah. huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we're just born judging ourselves. I was telling a, a kid today, I had her do a, a recorded announcement for me on, on a video for our remote yeah. kids. And, um, and I was like, we're our worst critic. You know, she's like, it was just so true. Like, we just think, oh no, that that's horrible. And it's like, no, that's because you think that, but actually it was really great. Like we just thought it was, yeah, you did, you did a fabulous yeah. job, but if we could teach kids that at a young age, like don't Absolutely. judge, don't, don't judge that. Like just let it, it just let it be. And what exactly. is, and be kind um, to yourself and be okay with whatever yourself. it is that you're feeling. Yeah. Oh, that's Absolutely. precious. When we gave our, did our mindfulness lessons, uh, we had a mindfulness coach come in and she gave a pre and post survey and the kids that said that it helped them sleep better. They thought it should be taught to other kids. I mean, they, they, they just soaked it up. I mean, they really learned these things. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I, I think they just need to relate to it in tangible ways. So like when I used to go and teach in the classroom, I would tell them, well, why do you think I would show up if I don't believe this works? Why do you think, how do you think that can, can work? And I would give them example, you know, they would give me example. And the one day, one afternoon, I was watching one of my daughter's field hockey games and one little boy runs up to me. He went to that school. He was in my class. And he said, Miss Heba, Miss Heba, I just want to tell you, my sister was annoying me. And I took a couple of mindful breaths. Instead of saying something nasty that I would have regretted later, I didn't. And I'm so proud of myself. And I was like, yay. 
right? Yeah, it's huge. For me, yeah, like it made my day. I was so happy. Like it's actually registering and, you know, yes. it's just, you know, the more they, they practice do. it, the more they're going to see the difference and the more they're rewiring their brain to, you know, think differently and notice all these things. So I absolutely will. I wish I had learned these strategies when I was a kid, right? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. There were so many expectations and to have this opportunity to share it with them and the way you did it in a picture book where a parent could take it and take a moment to do one of the little like, like seated positions or whatever it is that you describe, or the teachers in the classroom could take a minute and just do one of those, I guess, poses, if you will, but it, you just broke it down so simply, almost like you're teaching them, even if they never learned it, how yeah. to actually do this with yourself or with a child. And that this is so, so precious. I am so excited that I met you and I'm so excited to get this book for all of our classrooms next year, sharing it with the principals. Like I need, we need to help you share this with the world. I want every kid in the world to have this book. <laughs> oh, thank you. That is so kind of I'm serious. I honestly, like when I, when we were writing the book, Timmy and I, I, I kept telling you, I'm like, I don't know how far it would go, but I hope if it helps one child, then I did my dues. But yes, I definitely, the more it can reach kids, the better it is. It I think we all need these tools for, you know, more social emotional learning skills. Absolutely. Have, regardless of the pandemic. I mean, life is just all struggles. It's, you know, good and bad all the time. So how can we manage this better? That does help. Yeah. And the fact that you brought in the Zoom and the remote learning, which is everyone's new normal that I hope is not to stay, but it, it really connects them because there isn't anything out there because this came on us out of the blue and we had no idea what this was and, and how to navigate. And your picture book is so timely, right? I mean, that is that is perfect. And we'll work together to put it in the hands of every child and we'll just do one <laughs> child at a time. At a time. Absolutely. Love that. <laughs> I'm going to keep you in my little pocket and take you with me everywhere. <laughs> it was so, so wonderful meeting you. And I know I librarians are looking forward to hopefully having you as a guest in our school and anything I can do to help get the word out for other schools. You just let me know, because I think this is fabulous and it's beautiful. And you are just such a beautiful person to bring Thank us you. out Thank you. into Thank you. Appreciate into you like asking me to come on the show, and I, yeah. I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you are so welcome. <laughs> so, is there any last thing you want to leave with our listeners? Uh, just be kind to yourself. Be kind starts, to yourself. Yeah, it starts with ourselves being kind to ourselves in here in our heart, and then we can start noticing things. And nothing needs to be perfect because nothing is ever perfect, really. We just have to make do with what we have and make the best of it, right? Well, it's I all think fleeting that's... moments. It's all fleeting moments. So yeah. we need to enjoy them. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful way to end. We're going to practice. As soon as we stop hearing this recording, we're going to start practicing just being kind to ourselves. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for so sharing that with us. Thank you. <laughs> Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Mom Powerment Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait to help you live a happier, healthier life with your kids. Click subscribe today, and we can't wait to have you join us on our next episode. Thanks again. And remember, don't worry, be happy. Hey there, it's Karin. I hope that you're enjoying the show. And by the way, if you're a mom who wants to learn how to help your child when they're struggling behaviorally or facing challenges in school, 
Get started today by getting my free short video course on first steps to mom powerment. Go to www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in learning how to have a happy life and healthy life with your kids. So head on over to www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video and grab your free gift today.